Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon to discuss all the weights from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we talk transfers and the need for new phases. From Lennon Ball to mass panic, what has happened over the last week. We also put Tom Boyd's controversial comments under the spotlight. And we preview the season-defining showdown against AIK. Michael, how are we? Good, thanks, Jimmy. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Uh, looking forward to another pod. As, as always. Excellent. So, as always, we started for the last six weeks, Michael. We'll talk transfers to start. Celtic added their first summer signing, uh, Jonathan Affalabi. Maybe not the signing tonic that maybe supporters were looking for after a week to forget. Uh, maybe they're not a development kind of, kind of player. I think, uh, yeah, Celtic fans want first team stars, want guys are going to go right on that side. Um, at the moment, it's kind of all quiet on the kind of eastern front, isn't it? And, um, also, the deadline ahead of Europe approaching fast. You're not going to see anyone in the team for, for the game Thursday night, that's for sure. Um, and there's now less than a fortnight to go. And it's not quite been the, the kind of revolution that maybe some people thought they were going to be or predicted or even listen, including the manager who said he wanted four, five, six players. It's not quite got that many first team players in as yet. I still think there'll be a lot of business still to be done at Celtic, but it's time sticking on and you could say that the horse has bolted a wee bit. I mean, the Champions League was the be on end all at this point in the season and that, that's gone. Um, and you think, is it... You bit too little, too late. But then you see the challenge that looks like it might be coming from uh, from Rangers this season in terms of the league. And Celtic do need um, new boys in, in the building. Um, otherwise, they're, they're, they're taking a, a big, big bit of a gamble with the um, domestic dominance, let alone Europe. So it's going to be an interesting uh, in the last few weeks of this window. That's for sure. So where we are sitting right now, Mick, what does Celtic need to do? To win the fans back over on the transfer market, they what need, do they need to deliver? They need to jump the DeLorean and go back to the summer and have four or five players in the door for the first day of pre-season training. I mean, it's every every single summer they sit, and it's it's now two years in a row the failed to make the Champions League. It's now four out of six the failed to make the Champions League group stages, and it's a familiar tale of of not being prepared. And it goes back to kind of when uh, Lenny getting the job on an interim basis in, in kind of February March. Um, Everyone getting told that the, the, the groundwork was getting done in terms of new recruits. Well, it took too long to get them in the building. I mean, if they're, I mean, I'll be back to the, the the game against Cluj and, and the the two big summer signings on the bench. Uh, weren't up to speed. They weren't either settled down or match fit or for or quite up to speed yet for that game. That, that means they're in too late. Um, Celtic had to be more proactive. And I, listen, I say it every single year. January has to be the time when the, the groundwork's laid for the Champions League qualifiers that come round so quick. There's no margin of error. And now Celtic have gone out four times out of six to teams that they should be beaten. And they've only got themselves to blame. There's not another team in the qualifying Champions route, the Champions League with £50 million in the bank. 
not another side that, that could face that level with that kind of cash reserves to go and strengthen, and they haven't done it properly in enough time. And they've only—I mean, it's it's completely self-sabotage. I mean, Celtic are a well-run club, and they've they got plenty of cash in the bank. They, they they bring players in, they develop them, they sell them. It's all that's all fine, well and good. But you need to have the bodies in place for the right time. And Celtic haven't done it. They haven't had the the necessary number of signings and embedded in the team for these Champions League qualifiers and they paid the price again and it just seems to be that the lessons don't seem to be learned um, and now they're facing the Europa League and which by the way I'm not I'm not, I'm not down in the Europa League I think the Europa League is a, is, a, is a great competition and it's probably Celtic's level right now um, but it doesn't have the lure of the no, Champions League it doesn't League. but it does once, you, once you're there it's fine I, mean, it's, 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 I think it's good fun it's a good competition with some good names in there as well but they've got a tricky tie there's no guarantees getting through this one either and if Celtic don't get through this tie I think there'll be a hell to pay so we'll just stick to transfers just a little bit more and we'll talk about this right and left back need. So El Hamid's come in well, and Well, they've bought a right and left back yeah. that, that are meant to be the starters, but Ball and Goalie hasn't quite hit the ground running. He's looked. But Lennon's made. He's not had the fact that he still wants. Well, more need two, there. They, but they needed two. Kim Tenney was always going to be going. Or it wasn't always. It was, well, I think I think it was that was a fait accompli from a long way back, um, Kim Tierney. But he wasn't fit anyway, and he isn't fit now. So they still needed two left backs in June. Still needed two right backs in June. Michael Lustig's contract talks broke down months and months and months ago. If it was that desperate, they should have given the money and kept him for another two years. Either they, either they took it for two years. Um, uh, I, th- I actually think um, Mohamed looks decent. Maybe question marks defensively last week. A few of the goals were down his side, but I think he looks pretty solid enough. He's quite calm in the ball as well, isn't he? Yeah, I composed. think defensively maybe, but that might take time just positionally and getting used to the surroundings and the team again and early. That didn't happen. Um, I think he looks solid enough, but still need another right back and still need another left back, either as cover or you've you got to think that the ball and goal is going to be the first choice eventually once he settles down. Um, you don't spend £3 million and a full back then and bomb out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to say, not look great. Um, early early impressions and saying that actually he played what he played like five games and lost one um, in the team so I don't know um, it's just a fact he's looked the, nervous the pressure's on he was left out against Kluge yeah that was a huge a huge call but I mean Lenny's got to pick the team for the night and that's what he did um, we've been over that last week about whether or not it was the right, right or wrong decision of the team lineup, but if the three million pound left back's not cutting it, there's a problem, and they need to go and rectify it, and, and either recruit someone that can take the role in the short to medium term to allow Ball and Goalie to kind of find his feet in Scotland, or just go out and get somebody who's going to be the new long term left back, and and perhaps accept that, that the Ball and Goalie's not going to be the one. I still think he might. I think he still think he might cut it eventually. Just looks a bit lost just now, uh, and last week we've rocked him as well. Um, but it's but again, it's a situation that Celtic's home making. They've got themselves in a bit of a mess. But it's just a, just a lack of foresight and planning that's caught them in the hot. But it's the same every year. Every year this time of year, it's similar problems. The same similar problems last year um, and the previous years as well. When the problems in centre half wasn't addressed early on, and nearly cost them the years they got to the, the, the group stages. So it's um, they still need two fullbacks, uh, one on either side. I still think they need another striker because. Celtic are, are odd St. Edward hamstring away from a crisis up there. Um, Griffiths is obviously back, fit, um, not 
quite hundred percent. But again, again, Griffiths uh, has had a few injury problems through the years. You know, he's got slight problems with his calves and all that stuff. And I mean, you come back from a long absence, you can break down. So I think they're a striker, and I still think if Scott Sinclair is going to be sitting in Siberia all season, need another need another tracking wide player. So that's still four key men required in ten days. Plenty to do. And get through into the group stages in the meantime. And you obviously touched upon the need for a winger there. Sinclair's a guy who set Scottish football on fire his first season. And he's still been a vital contributor the past two seasons despite not hitting the heights his first campaign. But another interesting one's Marion Shred, a guy who came into a lot of hype in the summer. He's got this great YouTube goal highlight video yeah, yeah. that gets supporters excited. But he really, since that goal in Estonia, in Champions League qualifier, he's not had his opportunity. Saturday he was on the bench again, yeah. uh, unused substitute. That must be a bit of a concern for someone like him. I think he got a wee injury as well after the after his, after his goal. But um, I think he's one that they will take time on. I think he has a talent, but he's still quite lightweight. And he's, another one's just finding his feet in Scotland. But he's, he's a t- talented young lad who I think will be an, an asset down the line. But it's early days for him. Um, Sinclair one listen it's a head scratcher for everyone he's been a good servant to Celtic but listen the coaching staff see him every single day and we don't know if listen sometimes players get a certain age they've got certain kind of wage packet they might not have the same drive on a daily basis you just don't know it there has to be something that's, that's not um, it's not convincing the coaches have to play him because they listen they we keep asking about 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 him, and the, and the answer back is always the same. That listen, he's he's um, the guys in front of him are doing are doing well. Um, therefore, he's not getting the team. Um, that was that was the case up until last week, and the last week is it's obviously gone a bit pear shaped. Um, so, been to see if he does come out in from the cold, or he is completely completely gone. Um, listen, he's, he's, he's you look at his stats, he's, he's goal tons and he's assists and all that stuff. And it's still quite impressive. Even last season when it had a fairly ordinary season still produced the goods a lot of the time but is he a, a Lenny player doesn't look like it does it doesn't look like no. he's and, and it happens so the managers come in just don't fancy somebody and it might just be the case that Lenny doesn't fancy him I think that's what it looks like isn't it and somebody might be a Lenny player is a Jordan Ibe former Liverpool winger he's currently at Bournemouth Eddie Howe was quite strong in his comments saying the player wouldn't leave but Celtic are still continually linked with Bringing the player in, it's, what do we know about that, Michael? Listen, it's not going away, but I would be surprised. I mean, Bournemouth don't have an awful lot of cover in those positions, and he has a player. All right, he's not really cut it for them. He's not really done the business. Uh, big money move. I think he was their record signing at one point. Fourteen, fifteen million quid, and came through at Liverpool. Um, still quite young. Um, listen, but by all accounts, that he wasn't that keen on a chance of going loan to Derby. Wasn't that keen on going to Newcastle? I think it was. Um, would he come to Scotland? Would Celtic want to stump up a, a huge chunk of his wages, which would be on? He'd be on a hefty whack. Um, does the does, it, does the the landscape change? The fact that Celtic aren't going to be in the Champions League, possibly. So I'm, I'm, I still think that one would be a, would be a surprise. Um, he's limited. The guys have not got any options. England market's closed, so he's, that, I can understand why it won't go away. But um, it would be an awful lot big outlay. Um, for him for a loan deal which I don't is it justified really that kind of outlay um, for a loan sign I don't know because um, it would be hefty hefty whack towards the wages that's for sure and like you say Bournemouth aren't that keen uh, anyway unless unless it would be a, 
about a cash deal, but they say their market's shut, which makes it a different, different kind of ballgame for them. So I would be surprised um, by that, with that one. But um, but I think I still do think they do need a, some kind of attacking player as well. Well, in terms of outgoings, Olivier and Cham, a player who's managed to force his way back into the reckoning at Celtic, he's, he's been decent at the start of the season. He's still linked with the turn. Bordeaux was the latest team to be linked with him. Do you see him still being a Celtic player after the close of this window? I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't. I wouldn't be shocked if if, if um, a bid comes in that's satisfactory and he does, he does go. Whether or not it comes in or not, we don't know. The central um, midfield, so say if Cham does go, um, a talented player, you've got Cal McGregor as well, Christie can play a bit deeper, Scott Brown's getting up in years, playing a lot of football. Surely mid, a central midfielder's an area Celtic might need to address as well. Potentially, yeah. Well, when they obviously looked at um, David Turnbull, which was a bit more advanced uh-huh. as well. John McGinn last summer as well. John McGinn, oh, listen, there's, there's another, it goes back to what I said at the, the start, one that got away, the yeah. forward plan. I mean, just um, another one, that, no wonder fans are kind of buying things at all sometimes when it comes to that one. Um, he'd been ideal. I mean, you're talking about successor to Brown long term as well. Um, yeah, I mean, as Cham, but as Cham regarded as a, a cast iron starter uh, each week. But it just sure. limits your options so much, doesn't it, Mick? It does, but I don't think he's a defensive midfield player anyway, Cham. I don't. I think actually that's where his game gets let down. I think we see, even seen that last week. Um, I think when he's got the time in the ball going forward, I think he looks like an absolute Rolls Royce. But when the the, the turnovers happen and you got to chase back and dig in. Um, you're not going to get the 70 yard runs like Callum McGregor mm-hmm. absolutely busting a gut to get the ball back after losing it in the final third Cham not so much um, so if big money comes in for him depends what, what Celtic were happy to accept from him I, mean, I would think that he's, he's playing this next few weeks to get himself in the shop window and Celtic can get I mean if you get 8, 10 million quid shake hands and wish him all the best I think Um I don't think the I don't think it's that that leaves that big a chasm in, in the squad as, as such. I know there's a lot of debate. Rangers are on the up this season. It's been a bright start. Is that maybe the one area you talk about player for player? But when you look at their central midfield, Joe Rebo's impressed to start. Stephen Davis, after coming in January, he's back to Stephen Davis. Really, the level we all know. Scott Arfield can play there as well. Ryan Jackson press. Is that where Celtic maybe need to match up in these games this season? Because they, they could be defining, can't they, the four games? There won't be a lot of points split in the other games. Yeah, I still I still think Brown, McGregor, Christie. I think I still think they are I still think they're, they're, they are better options than um, Rangers midfield. I think they are, they have strengthened and made that that, that area of the team that many players. Rangers have got so many players in there. I think I like the look of um, Aribo. Um, uh, Ryan Jack's a guy. I think. I think. I was impressed with him at Aberdeen. Uh, I, mean, I know he's um, he's starting to find his feet. Rangers more more recently. People are starting to kind of really understand his his role. But no, they're, they're looking strong in there. But I think Celtic have got players in there that are. are, are I mean, Tom Rogic still to come back if, um, from injury. He could be an about. if he gets if he gets back to his best, can he? He needs to get fit. He needs to get fit and play a full season um, uh, without any injuries. That's the thing. He's never really had a run of, of fitness. Um, and his greatest strength is his big match ability to be able to go out Ibrooks or a cup final, semi-final and make the difference. Yeah, so yeah but then Christie's overtaking him now. I mean, if it's a straight shootout between Christie and, and Norwich to start, there's only one winner just now, mm-hmm. uh, if they're both fit. Um, so I think they're, they're fairly well equipped in there. Um, but that wide wide left, I mean, Mikey Johnson has started the season quite well. Uh, Lewis Morgan, could be player, not sure if he's Celtic class for that level, don't know. Um, and we say Sinclair is now in the frozen out. Um, so it, there is room for one or two more in there. 
at times sticking on so we'll leave transfers we'll part transfers just now Mike and we'll talk to you about Neil Lennon it's been, uh, before the game against Kloge everything was going so well he was bright and breezy and to be fair after the match he, he fronted up certainly he was positive again after a tough game at the weekend but it's been a marked change from this bright start people are talking about Lennon ball goals direct play a, a, a yeah. change to the way Rodgers this is a defining part of the season for him how, how do you think he'll go about keeping the the players on side and keeping the message positive. No, I think I, well, I think it's one of these strengths. His man management skills are, are well known. Um, like you say, a week, a week earlier, the the, the kind of the second voice about Lenny Dog had died down. Team was free scoring, scoring goals freely, looking really positive, direct. Like you say, direct, dangerous, pretty solid. Uh, and then one night, one bad night, and, and it completely flips. Um, when it comes to Lenny, there's two things. I mean, he's like I say, the, the actual club strategy has let him down and the lack of preparation and the lack of getting signs over the line that's let him down um, the problems about long term scouting targets and all that stuff in the market they were trying to operate in I think that's a bigger picture issue contributed towards last week on the night I don't think Lennon had a good night I think his team lineup was overthought and backfired I think taking I think the McGregor left back situation not only Put a weaker player, well, we, uh, made a left back position weaker because it was not an actual left back. Also, take out Celtic's most influential player out the heart of the team. So it, was, it actually hit them twice. So I think he had a bad night in terms of, of I think he got it wrong on the night. Um, but it was also alongside that is the, the the bigger picture of the, the the lack of planning, forward planning, and being proactive to get ready for that Champions League. Uh, I don't know if it's complacency. I don't know if it's just um, prudence. I don't know what I don't know what it, where it stems from or where, where it's from. But there are too many examples now of it going wrong, and they, they, they continue to make the same mistakes in, in these Champions League qualifiers. It now looks like the two group stages that they got to was a fluke, because you've got to look at the, t- the fixtures. Rogers rode his luck twice in a row to get there, got roasted alive when they got to that stage. So therefore, you have to look at this last six years or last eight years of period and think, right, what what is going right? Money in the bank, that's going fine. Clubs making a fortune, um, but what's going wrong? It's not qualifying. They're not qualifying for the group stages unless they they they, they fluke it twice, which is what happened. That's not a strategy. That's just shutting your eyes and hoping for the best, and uh, you can't get away with it every year. Mm-hmm. And they haven't this year. Clues should have been dealt with. Aki Athens should have been dealt with. Malmo should have been dealt with. Maribor, well, these teams are all teams that Celtic should be beating. Um, and occasionally you're going to come a crop against one of them, mm-hmm. not four out of six. So it's um, it's a it's an over... Uh, Lenny's going to cop it for the punters because there's a, a section of the Celtic supporters who, are, who didn't want him come to come back. Listen, they love him. Uh, a cup hero and all that stuff. Didn't fancy him coming back as a manager. And they kind of, they've maybe been waiting for the first slip-up to, to pounce and then it's happened. And... Uh, and he's the one in the firing line now, but I think he's, I think his problems are, are part of a wider issue at the, at the club that needs to be um, needs to be tackled. Um, but it didn't help me Saturday. The Defenders game wasn't a particularly impressive. It was one of those horrible cup ties. Didn't didn't really play particularly great. Atmosphere was a bit stinky. Um, folk leaving full time just kind of bored watching anymore and all that stuff. That's not great. Uh, it needs to be 
turned around on, on Thursday night because it's, um, I said, going out of Europe altogether at this stage is, would create a real problem for Celtic at this stage of the season. 100%. So, obviously, the last couple of weeks it's, it's been tough for Celtic fans, but... I know and, that, uh, and, and put in perspective, yes. right? I mean, no, that, that's, that's a good point, Mick. I mean, yeah. ten, was it ten domestic trophies in a row exactly. or something like that? But I think that's, trebles, I mean, that's it, the nature. It's that's context, it's been a bad fortnight, yeah. Exactly, that's the nature of Celtic, you know, in your Kings one minute and you know, in Poppers the next. So. Yeah, peacocks and feather dusters, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, but there was a bit of bottle shown by Celtic. I know it's from Fairmont, but they, they stayed with it. They didn't go out the cup. James Forrest found the winner an extra yeah. time and Celtic keep their march towards 10 consecutive domestic trophies alive. So Tom Boyd's comments at the weekend uh, was a bit of stushy uh, on Scottish football. What, what's your opinion on what the ex-skipper had to say? Oh, listen, I think it's a, this is a, a very, very Scottish story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, listen, it was a bit. I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see it um, live on Celtic TV on Saturday. So, um, but I seen the, the, the quotes and heard the, the audio clips and all that stuff. I mean, it's a bit of a bad joke. I mean. The, John Beaton got in the pub with his pals thing. It was, a, it was a bit of a gag after what happened after the old firm game last, was it was it Christmas last year, the yep. controversial game? And, uh, so it was a wee bit of a kind of... Listen, it's his opinion. I mean, it's also his opinion. He's there to, he's there to give his opinion and it, people say, no, it's... And there's I mean, maybe an argument, club TV in general, this commentary, that it's maybe happening at all clubs, these kind of... Comments, I think maybe if you're following Aberdeen or Rangers or any I other I've team. I've seen, I've watched all these club TV things at various times. I've had logins for all of them at some points. And, uh, uh, oh, just to pay for all, obviously. And they are, they're, they're partisan. I mean, they are, it's, it's, they're, they're speaking to their own, their own audience. And that, you could say, listen, is, is maybe that kind of comment gets picked up by the kind of slightly, I don't know, more enthusiastic supporters. Um, but listen, Celtic fans think the referees out to get them. Rangers put a statement last year saying the referees out to get them. Um, Aberdeen think they don't get a, a free kick when they come to Glasgow. St Johnston think that, that they kind of get Stephen McLean's brother and all that stuff. So, I, because, I, uh, come out, sorry, um, don't want to accept it, Stephen McLean. The clubs, oh, I mean, the club media, it's, it is for their own audience and it doesn't always escape into the wider wider domain this one has uh, I think it should be treated with the kind of the kind of response it deserves which is a shrug and a kind of right it's nonsense I mean I think the SFA looking at it as a compliance issue they should be saying listen it's, it's not even worth getting involved in it's a piece of nonsense I think Celtic should be saying listen you got a bit over enthusiastic well have a word tell them to tone it down a bit move on I, de- I just think it's a very Scottish storm in a, mm. a teacup. Are the lines maybe blurred the fact that Tom Boyd's got an ambassador for Celtic as well? Does that change the fact that maybe these yeah, kind of comments when he's on commentary? Yeah, but listen, it's a throw, throwaway lines and, and it's not, it's not, he's not being racist or anything like that or he's not, I mean, homophobic and all that stuff. It's a little dig that, that everybody in Scottish football <laughs> says at some point, should he be saying it on a club platform? No, he shouldn't be saying it. So maybe an apology, and I got a bit carried away, a bit daft. You're not talking to your pals in the pub, so to speak, um, so therefore it's a wee bit irresponsible. But I wouldn't be thinking, listen, let's drag the guy over the coals for a line. I mean, every, I say every club media do get a bit carried away over over these things, and occasionally it does spill out into the wider world, rather than a self-contained thing. Um, but to me, it's a 
has a brew over nothing. That, and I certainly don't think we should be machine gunning Tom Boyd for something silly said on on club media, um, or, or in general. Because if we're saying silly things, God Almighty, <laughs> I'm dead to think trouble. I, I don't know what I've said in the last fifteen minutes. Let alone, but listen, we all need to kind of grow up a wee bit and just got on with. That's what I think. So we'll turn our attention to AIK, the biggest game of the season for Celtic. So it is the now, and as you touched upon earlier, there's a difference between getting knocked out of the Champions League to being knocked out of Europe entirely. They're a decent outfit by all accounts. Is there more pressure on Celtic, the fact that home game's first? Could Celtic maybe a, would have been more helpful to maybe <coughs> go on the road, try and get a positive result and bring it back to Celtic Park? Or will, you know that feeling that's not been going well, is there going to be real pressure for the first minute on I Thursday night? I think it's all around that. I, I know that's not. I, I actually asked the same question uh, to Lenny a couple weeks ago. I said, "Do you prefer being home second leg or, or whatever?" And it seems to be the old-fashioned review was get home in the second leg, get a job, get a result away from home, and go home and finish it in your own patch. I think it actually, it's. I think it's better away from home second leg because I mean, you could be, you could be nothing each in the first leg at home and go there one 0 down and. And it all takes a goal, and all of a sudden the whole tie, whole tie flips. Um, I think I think I would rather be away from home than second leg, knowing that a away goal can be so vital. Um, so I don't think being at home is a, is a particularly bad thing. But maybe just in this circumstance now, the, the natives are restless. A bad first ten fifteen minute could could change the flip the script. You know, Celtic need yeah, positivity, you could turn, don't you could, they? You could turn it around. And that that the supporters galvanised. They know that this is this is crucial. And European nights are so vital uh, for the club. Perhaps that atmosphere is going to be vociferous and Celtic off to a flyer. And all of a sudden, it's two nothing at half time, and the job's nearly done. Mm-hmm. And you're going to Sweden with two 0 lead, and away goal finishes the tie. So it depends how you look at it. And I think that's a good point you make there, Mick. The fact that I know Celtic's defending was a. Uh, of what the you've been framed variety, oh, but, wasn't it, exa- but going forward, there's something there, isn't it? Like I, Ryan Christie's in the form of his life. Odds Edward, he's getting better at holding up the ball every game he plays, and he's so he's so clever in the final third. James Forrest is ever reliable. There's a chance for these guys to go again here, isn't it? Again, now, I know we're giving AIK the big sell, but Celtic are a better team than AIK when they're on their on top form. This is an opportunity to kind of right the wrongs of a difficult week, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tie they should get through. I mean, they've got the firepower to get through it. Um, I mean, Len himself, I think he played Swedish teams twice in a row on the way to the group stages. Elfsburg yep. and Helsingborg. Yeah, that's right? correct. They're both Swedish, aren't they? Yes, you're correct. Phew. <laughs> Very good. And that <laughs> um, was Mobangura, actually, Elfsburg. Limey, that's right, yeah. On that plastic pitch, scrape oh, past. Super Mo. Yep. Um, so he has previous against these teams... Then there is the, the Malmo one in the, in the locker as well. Uh, Ronnie Dyler's getting popped out by Malmo. A game that Celtic should have been home and hose by half time. Um, missed a chance, didn't it, to go 3 0 three three up and then blew it. Um, so they're not going to be that great. They're going to be okay. They're going to be a decent side. Nothing, nothing flashy. Um, but listen. I did tell Mar- like I've mentioned Maribel, Malmo, AK Athens and Cluj. None of them should really have been that um that tricky and they would became tricky and this I think this is in the same bracket. I don't know if they're quite I think they they'll be roughly that kind of standard as well, which means it's gonna be a, a tense could be a tense couple of legs. But if Celtic I, I, I can't get past 
Yeah, okay. Um, then it's there's serious questions to be asked about all well, I've touched on the, the the preparations and the planning and the the, the strategy because it should have more than enough. But like you say, the, the environment just now creates it makes it stinkier than it, than it would have been. Um, so it's it's fairly perilous. But if they get they have to go out and get a, a good start in this first leg, they can get the job done, and then they can at least at least have a group stage to look forward to. And who knows who he get in there? And that's obviously you've got Julian and Bongoli started at the weekend, got minutes under their belt. You would expect would you expect Lennon to stick with them after bringing them back against Vermin or will go back to his, that's a big call. That's a I really big call, isn't it? I didn't think I didn't think Julian was, was all that clever at times. But um, do you stick with him now that he's back in the fact that he costs so much money or Well no, at the, be- the moment the best partnership is, is Iron and, and um Simonovic. Um it's obviously battling the shoulder injury. Regardless of money spent on Julian, they, they two are the, are, the, are the better options at the moment. Until until Julian gets his um, settles in a bit, I thought he was a wee but a few moments on, on Saturday. He looked a bit ropey as well, um, which would be a concern. Having spent that kind of money on him, um, uh, I think there's a there's a player in there as well. So he, he, will, he will come good, I'd imagine. But at this point in time, there's, there's no margin of error for Celtic. They can't afford to be having a guy. Feeling his way into a, a team and a, and a setup, so they need to get through this tie. As simple as that. It's, it's, this is a crucial, and it's not just this tie also because they've also got, they've also got Hearts in between and then Rangers. So this is a fortnight which is going to really make a break Celtic season potentially. Um, and if it doesn't go to plan, it's going to be really sticky for everyone concerned at Parkhead. Um, and then the flip side is get the Europa League deal with Hearts get a result against Rangers at Ibrox and all of a sudden the picture looks completely different again so it's a crucial crucial kind of uh, spell now so after all that we'll get a score prediction from you Mick I think I think Celtic will commit fighting and, and, and win 2-0 um, which is not enough to make it a, a formality but it's a good cushion clean sheet is the first priority can I say that Celtic looked all that reliable and getting clean sheets in Europe, um, went behind and all the ties. But yeah, I think I think they can shut up shop. Um, I think the lessons have been learned from from week, last week against Cluj, and they can go with a, a two 0 lead, um, and then finish the job out there. Excellent. So bet, so bet everything apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> both teams to score Aye, four each. Uh, so that's all from us this week uh, we'll be back next week to talk everything Celtic don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get this news that's available and if you like it please review and rate us on there too thanks for listening <laughs>